Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Just thank you again for uh, turning up. Thank you for uh, turning up online as well. I want to just give a little bit of a shout out to uh, Greg Hutchinson and Pete and Deb Walters just for coming in during the week uh, just to take care of uh, business here because after the first lot of rain that we had uh, there was quite a number uh, of just water leaks that caused some damage and uh, impacted our service last Sunday and so those guys came in again um, this week after the heavy rainfall and believe me they put in a number of hours. And so I just want us to give them a hand of encouragement and of thanks. Uh, They're not looking for it, but uh, I thank God, you know, just for their labor of love. Well, we've kicked off 2022 with a series called What's Your One Thing? And have you ever noticed that you don't have to be intentional about creating complexity? It just seems to happen one earthly thing after the next. If you're new to the things of God or wanting to grow in the things of faith, God wants you, He either wants you to know or He wants to remind you that He takes the complex issues of life and He makes them simple. Okay, we're the ones who take simple uh, principles and make them complex. Everybody wants a simple life. So why isn't it simple? Well, I believe that uh, one of the main reasons has to do with the vast number of consumer activities and options available to us today. Consumer products alone have made life more complex and more cluttered. With more comes more of everything. And so instead of being a people choking on choices, and drowning in decisions as we consider a number of things on the earth. I want to ask you, what's your one thing? Somebody once said that you can be a jack of all trades and a master of none. But the most important thing, the kingdom things, are what we're talking about today. And so, you know, in the Bible, I've, uh, you know, found five significant one thing stories, one thing statements. And as we read through them today, I want to ask you which one thing stands out mostly for you. Now, I would venture to say that every single one of these one thing statements are going to stand out for you. But what I want you to uh, reflect on this message today and go away and consider what's the most important one thing that you need to focus on. And I just know that as the Holy Spirit reveals that information, divine through divine inspiration, and we begin to exercise some application, there's going to be so much blessing, so much heavenly blessing on the other side of you making good godly choices. Okay, if it's going to be, it's up to me. The Word works when we work it. And so number one today Is your one thing a heart of desire? In Psalm 27 verses 1 and 4, it says, this is a a Psalm of King David. He said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whatever's going on in your life, relationally, financially, uh, perhaps your uh, concerns for the things of the world, can I just encourage you that as we come and draw near to God, we can say like David, of what shall I fear and of whom shall I be afraid? 
David went on to say, One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire of His temple. And so today you've made a great choice coming here uh, in the room and online. You've come, you've desired to come to the house of God. And, and not only do I, I, I want to just say hi to Al, but I want to say hi to his daughters. So, so great to uh, have you guys. Let's show some love to these people right here. Very special people, very special people. And so it's one thing to desire to come to the house of the Lord, which you've done today. But when you get here, can I also encourage you to seek drawing near to the things of God through worship, through the Word, and through prayer, and to inquire of His temple. You see, it's not just about coming. It's about seeking. It's about inquiring. It's about having a hunger for the things of God. You see, as a king... In this particular psalm, uh, in case you don't know, David was having a really rough time in his life. His life was threatened by his enemies and David could have asked the Lord for more wealth, for more power, for, uh, you know, more soldiers to take out the opposing armies. But in the midst of this uh, torment that he was in, in the midst of the, the trials of his life, the one thing that he asks for above all else was to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a great prayer. What a great desire. Point number one today, is your one thing a heart of desire? You know, there's many things that we desire. There's many things that I desire. But at the top of the list, my heart's desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord, not just here for the rest of my days, but with Him in eternity. And I want to give someone the opportunity at the end of my message today to have their place written in eternity so that where Jesus is, there you may be also forever. Point number two, is your one thing a heart of surrender? When Jesus was teaching in Mark chapter 10, verse 17, Jesus was teaching, Hey, Paul, Ian Otter, the, the Ian Otter family are in, are in isolation at the moment. And Paul heads up our evangelism team that goes out once a month. So they go out into the street just sharing the love of God, wanting to bring hope, wanting to bring encouragement. And it says that when Jesus was teaching, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him and said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now that's a good move of God right there. Hey, Paul, how would you like to be in QE2 Square? And a dozen people run up to you saying, Hey, what must we do to inherit eternal life? Now Jesus' response to this young man is found in Mark chapter 10, verses 19 to 22. And Jesus said, Now, you know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honour your father and mother. And the young man said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Oh, I love that. And Jesus, looking at this man, loved him. And said to him, you lack one thing. Go, 
sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. The young man disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now we can look at that story from a a number of different uh, perspectives, but we don't know. Perhaps money was this young entrepreneur's God. Perhaps money finances the, 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 the things of the lure of wealth was the snare of the devil in this young man's life. And Jesus knew it. So he said, the one thing that you lack, you've done well, but the one thing is to sell it all now and uh, come and follow me. I really do believe that if he had sold it, it would have been like uh, a Solomon issue. God would have given him more than what he had asked because God is no man's debtor. And uh, so Jesus said, you lack one thing. I want to ask you today, can you think of one thing, one area that is hindering you from becoming a more devoted follower of Jesus? What's one thing? Jesus said to the young man, sell it all, lay it down and come and follow me. What's one thing that you could lay down that will bring you into a more intimate relationship with Him. Point number two today, is your one thing a heart of surrender? Somebody here, we all need to surrender something. And I pray that we'll all have enough humility to go from this place and consider what that is. Point number three today, is your one thing a heart of priority? In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, now it happened as they went that he entered, Jesus entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and uh, she approached Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care? (laughs) Of course Jesus cares. Don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried. You are troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Little side note, every time we come again into the temple to seek and to inquire of His presence, we're never going to miss out. Jesus said to Martha that what uh, Mary has done will not be taken away. The blessing that she has received. You see, Martha, we understand she was busy preparing the meal while Mary was at the feet of Jesus. I've said this before that in Middle Eastern and Asian cultures, what Mary did was rude, socially speaking. But spiritually speaking, what Mary did was of the kingdom. And so Jesus was far more pleased with Mary's posture and proximity. The reason why Martha was troubled by many things was because she was not focused on the one thing. What is the one thing necessary and needed in your life today? Point number four, is your one thing a heart to witness? I want you to think about what is like the paramount thing that God has done in your life. If a non-believer or someone who's struggling in their faith came up to you and says, tell me why you love Jesus, what would your answer be? Jesus 
healed a man who had been blind since birth. What an amazing miracle. He had been blind since birth. One prayer and boom, his eyes were open. And so the Pharisees, the religious people, they questioned the healed man because they wanted to know not only what had happened, but they wanted to trick him, the healed man, into saying something bad about Jesus so that they could arrest him. Now, this is what the carnal mind does. Whenever God moves, whenever God does a miracle or a provision or, or anything like that, the carnal mind, the non-believers want to disprove, discredit what God has done. Didn't the Pharisees see that this man had been, they knew that he had been blind since birth and now his eyes are open. Couldn't they have just acknowledged the miracle? But no, they're fault finding. Oh, that can't be of God. And so in John 9, 25, uh, the healed man responded because he's like, okay, you're saying that Jesus is some religious kind of freak or sinner, whatever. He said, whether he is a sinner, I don't know. But one thing I do know, once I was blind and now I can see. Argue with that. Argue with that. I want to ask you, what is the one thing that you are certain of? you got to think about that. Because that's the kind of thing that will anchor your faith in troublesome waters. you got to remember, we got to recall to mind the good things that God did yesterday and remember them today, declaring that the same God who got me out of that situation will get me through this situation and greater things are yet to come. You know, I'm just bent on that whole thing. You know that. You know, I'm a visionary leader. You know, like... Greg Hutchinson, he came up to me about, uh, I don't know, a few minutes before the, the 10 a.m. service last Sunday, and he said, we've got no lights. Uh, he, him being the kind of willing servant that he is, he said, if you want, I'll get the scissor lift out, and I'll put up some portable lights so that there can be some lighting on the stage. That's the kind of heart he's got. And I said, oh, I just laughed, and I said, well, at least we have the light of Christ in the building, right? And I said, look, bro, don't worry. We'll just make the most of the situation we're in. Thank you. And, uh, and so anyway, but we've just got to keep on looking for the answers. There's always an answer. There's always light. No matter how dark it gets, there's light. I want to pray into that right now. I'm going to pray into that right now because I just know some people are really battling some darkness and I get it. Some, some of you are battling, you know, mentally in your mind. You here in the room, some of you, I don't know who you are, and also online. I get it. I want you to know that I sympathize with you and I'm standing with you in prayer. And so, Father, even in this moment, Lord, I just pray for anyone who is suffering from some kind of depression, despondency, oppression, despair, people who are just so discouraged. I just pray in Jesus' name, let there be light. And even as my wife was saying earlier, that in the beginning, God. Help us to go back to the beginning, I pray. God, in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand of thanks. Can we do that? And so I just want to ask you, what is the one thing that you are certain of? One thing I know, this is how it used to be. And here's the good news. You may not even be everything you feel like you ought to be, but at least you're not what you used to be. And that's to be applauded. And I want us to applaud anyone who's making progress. Come on, let's applaud them. 
Let's applaud them. Let's applaud all of those online. Praise God. You know, the moment, let me show you what progress looks like. Here I am, where I stand, right? Watch this. You ready for this? I just took one step. I'm no longer where I used to be. Is it not true? Every time you take one step moving forward, you're no longer where you used to be. Keep on moving forward. Point number five today, my last point, is your one thing a heart of vision? Now, this is cool. I know that you're going through some things and, uh, and I get that. And I know that you're going to come out. In actual fact, for all of those in isolation, you know, uh, growth always starts off in the darkness. For anyone in isolation who's feeling a little bit cocooned, growth, progression, fruitfulness always starts off in the darkness. Just think about the seed. And I know that right now you've gone, you're in isolation, but you're going to come out a different man. You're going to come out a different woman. You're going to come out bigger, better, brighter than ever. Is your one thing a heart of vision? Let's look at one of Paul's earlier writings in 2 Corinthians, well before he wrote, well before he wrote Philippians. Because this gives us, uh, it gives more power to his one thing statement in Philippians. Now get this, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 uh, to 28. It says, Paul, this is Paul, he's giving a resume of everything that he's been through. He said, I am more, I am more in labors, more abundant. That's enough, I'm done, right? In stripes above measure, can't even count the amount of lashings. In prisons, more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked a a night and a day. I have been in the deep. In journeys, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils, 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 and more perils amongst false brethren. In weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, often hungry, thirsty, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily and my deep concern for all the churches. Do you know that today, by God's grace, and this is all glory to God, this, I'm sharing this so that we can remember what we're a part of. So across this Sunday, uh, there are 13 Gateway Life Church uh, global ga- gatherings taking place. I think that's so cool. You see, I'm saying it to remind us that we're a part of something bigger than what we just see. And so last Sunday, uh, According to the data that came in, there were 491 people that came out and were engaged with our services, including 11 salvations. So isn't that cool? Can we give the Lord a hand of thanks for that? And yet, after everything that Paul had been through, the exaltation he wanted to share with us all was to know Christ personally. The Apostle Paul Uh, while suffering in prison, wrote Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. This is after this resume. And we don't know how long all of that took, but now he's in prison again. And so he wrote, People of God, I don't count myself to have apprehended everything, 
But he said, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press on to the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Even in the midst of his suffering, he's turning up, he's writing a letter, and he's standing up, he's stepping out and encouraging the people of God to keep on turning up and to make Jesus your number one goal. And that's why point number five today is to have a heart for a vision. You see, our vision for the future has to be bigger than the vision of either our past or our present circumstances. If your vision of your past is bigger than your present and your destiny, you're going to keep on returning to your history. That's why we need a fresh vision of the cross of Jesus Christ, being crucified, laying down His life for us. And if anyone ever asks you, why are you a Christian? Why do you do what you do? Why do you love Him so much? All you've got to say is this, I love Him because He first loved me when I wasn't even thinking about Him. And that's why we love Him. That's why I love Him, because He demonstrated this love even when I wasn't mindful of Him. And so, what is one thing, as we begin to close, what is one thing that you must do in your life? You see, David asked for one thing. The rich young ruler lacked one thing. Martha needed to do one thing. The blind man knew one thing. And the Apostle Paul did one thing. What is the one thing you'll ask? The one thing you lack? The one thing you need to do? The one thing that you know? And the one thing you need to do above all else? What does that look like for you? Perhaps somebody needs to go from this place and write a not-to-do list. What does that look like for you? things that I'm not going to do to make room for the kingdom things. Well, let me invite you to stand today. You know, we're all products of what we've all individually said yes and no to. And every time we say yes to the right things, we're saying no to the wrong things. And the Bible is full of passages which talk about really just giving God a yes. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Unfortunately today, yes is the new maybe. Do you understand what I'm saying? But let your yes be yes and your no be no. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I knock on the door of your heart. Jesus wants you to know that He's knocking on the door of your heart right now. Jesus went on to say that if anyone will open up the door and let me in, I will come in and dine with them and them with me. What's your one thing today? What's your one thing? What's your one desire? Is it to know God? You know, I so love the, I so love the, uh, the heart and the vision and the passion of the Apostle Paul. What a great man of God. He said that I desire to know Him and the power of His resurrection. Let me pray. And then I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer after me. 
And the prayer that I'm going to invite you to pray has to do with you asking God to forgive you of all of our sins and to become a child of God. So, Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that your Holy Spirit has moved and touched hearts here in the room and also online. I also believe that healings have taken place. People have been inspired. People have fresh hope for the future, uh, a renewed passion for the things of God. And so, Holy Spirit, I just simply thank you for ears to hear and eyes to see and a courageous heart that will obey. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, pray this prayer with me. Are you ready? All of those online, gather your family, uh, lean in and uh, pray this prayer after me. Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself this day and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I acknowledge that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, my soon coming King. Now help me to be the person you've created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, I pray again that you would just strengthen that prayer. I just pray, God, that each one would go blessed and equipped encouraged and empowered in Jesus name if you prayed that prayer today and you just meant it from your heart like for you this is something you did and I'm not asking for those who have prayed this prayer before I'm asking really for first time prayers if you prayed that prayer and you just it was your moment it's like no one can take that moment from you it's like the blind man one thing I know this is how I felt and this is what I'm certain of. And so if you prayed that prayer today on the count of three, I just want you to lift up your hand and uh, we just want to acknowledge you and bless you. So one, two, three. If that's you, just lift up your hand. God bless you so much. That's wonderful. Who else? Who else? That's so cool. So, so cool. Wonderful. Yeah, bless you. That's awesome. Thank you. Let's give those guys a great big hand. That's so cool. Come on. That's great. God bless you. You have a wonderful heart, a very caring heart, and it's God-given. It's God-ordained. Your blessing, your breakthrough, your miracle. You, you, you are not just a miracle, but you are so many other people's miracle. You are so many other people's miracle. Let me, I'm so, I know I'm addressing you right now, <laughs> but this is not just for you. This is like something that's, God speaking to you and through you, which is touching so many others here in the room and online. I'll prove that you're a miracle because the chances of you being standing where you are right now, it's like I've been told that it's one in 400 trillion. The chances of you being here, it took a lot to get you here. It took a lot to get you here. And you're here. Took a lot to get you here. And you're here. Because God purposed it. You were born pre-approved. You don't need anyone else's approval. Because you've already got God's approval. You don't need anyone else's approval. Because you already got God. You were born 
all of those online, you were born pre-approved. Boom. Approved is the stamp over your life. Blessed is the stamp over your life. Loved. His banner over you is love. Everything He does is because of love. And so I just want to encourage someone to walk in that love, to walk in that approval. You don't need anyone else's approval because you've got God's. So not only are you a miracle, you are so many other people's miracle. So don't hold back with what's in your heart and what's in your hand. And so, Father, I just pray that word touches someone else and blesses them in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand of thanks. Can we do that? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.